Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Live from the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, it's the Eagle Hour. Howdy to you on this Wednesday. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Michael Mergens. Good show for you today. Patrick McGee be joining us from NOLA.com a little later talking about Southern Miss basketball. A uh, Saints still in the running for a free agent quarterback. We'll also have, uh, in the next segment, we'll have some interviews from two new Golden Eagle quarterbacks from earlier in the week, and uh, we'll bring you up to date what happened in the Sunbelt Basketball Tournament yesterday. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Dickie's Barbecue in a hometown near you, the hometown team in Hattiesburg out at Turtle Creek Mall. Good stuff uh, from our friends Justin and, and his great staff Baseball season, Dallas Baptist coming in this weekend. Maybe you need some tailgating food. Dickies can uh, serve it up right for you. Some of the best smoke meats around. Dickies cooked here, loved everywhere. All right, Kelly Sander, let's uh, let's talk about last night. Golden Eagles drop uh, a heartbreaker, but what was not a pretty baseball game by any stretch of the imagination. Golden Eagles, it was a seesaw battle back and forth between Mississippi State and Southern Miss. Golden Eagles took a two to nothing lead. Uh, then surrendered a five spot in the bottom of the second, fought back with a four spot of their own, and then extended their lead to nine to six going into the bottom of the eighth. State re- rebounded with four runs and went up and defeated the Golden Eagles ten to nine. But you and I were talking about you know some of the some of the uh, the pitching statistics coming in. Eagle pitching continued to struggle for really a, a fourth straight game. The numbers it really it was almost a game that. You weren't sure who wanted to win this game, right? It almost took three and a half hours to play again. A long game. You had a lot of walks, a lot of hit batters, pitching changes. Uh, but when you look at some of the, the numbers that are ominous, particularly you know with the way the, the pitching staff started, but the number of walks, let's start there, Luke, and the percentage of walks that have already been issued by the Golden Eagles pitching compared to all of last year. It's pretty staggering. Yeah, yeah Golden Eagles last night, Eight walks, state walked 11 batters. But here was the number to me. Golden Eagles hit five Bulldogs last night. State only hit one. But, I mean, you look at between the two teams, 19 walks, six hit by batters. Uh, the, the wild pitch for Southern Miss, I'll talk more about it in a minute, really, really hurt them. That's what kind of sprang uh, the, the runs in the bottom of, of the eighth. But, yeah, I mean, I was just doing some statistics. Eagles walked 100 and. 81 batters last year. They're already at 40 
through eight games. So uh, over 20% of all the batters that they walked last year already now, you know, just uh, two and a half weeks through the season. And I'm going to reserve judgment on the overall performance of the staff until the end of the year when it really does count. And I'm not making excuses for the Eagles here, but when you look at when you look at some of the numbers, I mean, the Eagles themselves received 11 walks, one hit batsman, so they got 12 freebies. State committed three errors. All right, and really when you look at the left on base statistic, both teams left nine on base. So there's, there's not a pro or a con there. But normally when you'd say that any team would be the recipient of 11 walks, a hit batsman, and the other team would commit three errors, you would think that that would be a recipe for an easy victory. And yet that's not the case. Um, so when earlier in the year I had said that by the end of the season, I think this pitching staff could be as good as, as last year's. Of course, Scott Barry had, was very clear that last year's staff was the best that he had ever been around. And he and Coach Ostrander both you know, looked at me and said, well, we hope you're right. Of course, they know their team better than anybody else. But this is that inexperience that they were talking about. Um, and it, it reared its, its head early here in the season and it, the water's not going to get any more shallow this weekend as a seven and one Dallas Baptist comes to town yeah Eagles had an opportunity last night and really in the first two innings to kind of blow it open uh, state starting off at the top of the first walked Edsel Walt Dickerson and uh, and then Peto hit into a fielder's joy Sargent struck out and so we had runners at second and third um, and, and couldn't capitalize didn't get any runs did get two runs in the top of the second uh, it was a some a throwing error by Mississippi State and had the had the bases loaded, and Peto grounded into a um, you know a double play. So I mean you had in multiple in back to back innings you had the top third of the order up and you and you only got two across and it was because of you know errors. State responded back in the bottom of the second and and scored five and uh, it was you know what what we just talked about. It was, there was a walk, a single, a walk. That's when Martin got in trouble. They brought Monastery in. He walked a guy. And and I, I and this, I, I do think something that you brought up earlier in the week. It seems as if they're they're all getting squeezed a little bit. Um, there was a, a few pitches. Monastere, I thought, struck a guy out, and and you could kind of hear some stuff in the background. Ewing struck out in the in the bottom of the first. Um, and I this goes against what I just said, but but I mean the way that 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 Coxie made it sound was that Reese was surprised, and you rarely hear this. Scott Barry like visibly was surprised, um, and, and so the, the the home plate umpire for both teams last night was very inconsistent. And that may have been chalked up, you know, reason for some of the nineteen walks. But Eagles gave up a five spot in the second, and then to their credit, Kelly. They fought back. They got they got two runs um, in in the fourth. Uh, State added another, and then you look up and the Eagles respond, and get four more, and it's it's nine to six going in the bottom of the eighth. Same story. But but then, and then you take a situation where where Sarge unfortunately you know couldn't couldn't hang on to that that ball, and then boom, next pitch or next two pitches, where boom, then there goes the hit where that hitter sh- that hitter should have been out. So in inopportune uh, things happening really for both teams, but. But back to your your point about the tight strike zone. Number one, you're going to have a you know if if they continue to squeeze these pitchers. Number one, pitchers are human, and it's almost impossible to be able, no matter how good you are, to keep pounding that small zone. All right, which is going to lead to more walks, which is going to extend the length of the game. People don't pay money to come and watch a walk fest. 
They want to see a game where the ball is put in play, your defenses are challenged, and some runs are put on the board. Um, and if they continue to do this, like I said, people in basketball games don't pay to, to watch teams just shoot free throws. They, they want you to be able to play a little bit, put the ball in play. But it's also going to lead to more strikeouts in the sense that if, if 90% of the pitches thrown up there are balls, it's not going to encourage the hitters to swing because they want to get on base. And then if there is any inconsistency involved, which you just pointed, pointed at, they've got the bat on their shoulder, which might have been a – uh, a ball, uh, a strike in any other situation, and it's a ball that time, or vice versa. So um, they've got to, you know, work some work some things out here. That's baseball in general, not necessarily just Mississippi State and Southern Miss. Yeah, after that uh, Amani Larry home run, Eagles were down six to four going into the top of the fifth, and they and they responded. I mean, Eagles got four in the top of the fifth. Uh, the way that they responded, Montenegro led off uh, with a a single. He had a double. Uh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. He had a double. Yeah, That's what yeah. he had. Yeah. He 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 actually drove in uh, on a double and then later scored when Danny reached on an error. Creek Robertson, by the way, who had a great game um, last night. He doubled in um, a, a run and then uh, and then later later scored. So yeah, you look at what they they did last night. It all came apart in, in the eighth, um, in in the bottom of the eighth, and Storm got in trouble. Um, Forsyth let off with a double. Larry got hit by a pitch, and then he walked Ledbetter. So they brought Middleton in, and his first pitch, he threw a wild pitch, and that made it um, that that made it nine seven. Um, and and then there was a, a he hit a batter, and then they got a single, uh, and and you look up and states up ten to nine, and we actually had the tying run. Blake Johnson doubled right. um, in the in the top of the ninth and just just couldn't get him in. Yeah, Blake Johnson's been pretty steady, hadn't he uh, this year? He's he's had a really consistent season so far. Still still early yet, but you were talking about Middleton. Now here's a kid that that pitched in an academy school last year, right? With all with all due respect to a smaller academy school, now you're now you're pitching at Trustmark Park, uh, over six thousand people there watching you. You're facing two years ago's national champion. Uh, you know, welcome, welcome to Division One baseball. But as Christian Ostrander has said all along, that's the way to, to get the miles on the tires is get them out there in, in situations and see how they compete. So he will be better for this in the long run, and that's he will. Yeah, that's that's the only way. That's the way it works. That's the way sports work. So uh, Eagles fall to to five and three, as Kelly mentioned. Dallas Baptist coming in on on Friday. Here's the here's the rub. You know, state. Well, I think I haven't checked Warren Nolan today, but but state was at twenty four and we were at forty. You know, in RPI. Right. It's early games like this. Um, I know it's how you finish, and and but it was an opportunity for us to get a, you know an early RPI win. Uh, you can do that this weekend. You know, if you're if you're able to to win the series against Dallas Baptist, and you got Ole Miss and Oxford next Tuesday. But yeah, it, it's disappointing. You know, you you score you score nine. <laughs> yeah, and that should and be you enough. Can't pull it out. Yeah, that should be enough. And Dallas Baptist left a really bad taste in the Eagles' mouth last year, so maybe the Eagles can return that favor this year. Yeah, it won't be as cold. Um, as it was out there. Nobody's com- warming up. Pollen Nobody- everywhere in downtown Laurel, and I'm sure it is in, in Hattiesburg. Hey, we're going to step aside our first break, come back. Hey, we got some uh, some interviews for you. New Golden Eagle quarterbacks, Billy Wiles, Holman Edwards, right after this.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Wednesday from the Southern Bank Horse Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, Luke Kelly and Michael. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Campus Bookmark on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Everything's yellow outside, but their building has always been gold. So you can spot it right there across from the University of Southern Mississippi on Hardy Street, campusbookmark.net. Also, uh, you can shop anytime. All right, um, so baseball turning the page. Uh, we, uh, we'll talk more about that, a little more about that state game with, uh, with Patrick McGee in the next segment. But, uh, Kelly, yeah, you, you got to, you got to get ready because Dallas Baptist is coming in. And that was, that's one of the drawbacks of, of, uh, if there is a drawback to a really, really good schedule because the old adage that, you know, iron sharpens iron. But if you chalk up a few losses, you know, you're automatically going to have people say, well, you know, and, and, and the Debbie Downers are already out there. Oh, this, this is not a postseason team. This is, and again, there's always, always that grumbling. But, um, Man, you're playing you're playing tougher competition than you did last year. As good as the schedule was last year, as far as competition goes, it's even better this year. So so wait wait to make your reservation about how good this Southern Miss team is. You know, to to your three quarter at least three quarters of the way through the season, and we'll see how they shake out in this uh, tougher environment. Let's move to football. Football is underway. Spring practice started last week and had the opportunity to uh, to talk to two of the new newest Golden Eagle quarterbacks. The first is Holman Edwards. He transferred from uh, from the University of Houston. Mississippi guy uh, went to French camp uh, in, in, at French Camp Academy and the 6'3", 210-pound redshirt junior. Eagle Hour had an opportunity to talk to him. Here's what Holman Edwards had to say. Okay, Holman Edwards uh, on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Holman, you come here from the University of Houston. Tell us about your journey and how you ended up in Hattiesburg. Uh, well, I was in Houston the past two years and uh, things just didn't really work out there and uh, I realized it wasn't really where I wanted to be, so I looked for a new home, and uh, Coach Hall called, and Hattiesburg is, I'm from Mississippi originally, so it worked out great. So, Where are you originally from? Where did you uh, play high school football? I played high school ball at French Camp Academy, French Camp, Mississippi. So you're from Mississippi? Yes, sir, I'm from so Mississippi. this is coming home? Yes, sir, this is coming home. Okay. Yes, sir. All right, tell us about your skill sets, the things that you believe you can bring to the football team. Uh, good leader, going to hold everybody accountable, hold the guys together. Um, as a quarterback, I think I have a, a strong arm, and I'm slightly mobile, a little more mobile than Tom Brady. So um, that's that's what I bring. Well, that's a pretty good standard there, yes, Tom sir. Brady. Well, no, I'm scrambling, scrambling wise. <laughs> yeah. All right, Will Hall, pretty energetic guy, right? Yes, sir. Very much so. Give us your thoughts about Coach Hall, what it was about coming and playing for him that was intriguing to you. Uh, well, first off, he's from Mississippi. So, um, and I, you know, I love Mississippi, born and raised here. And he told me he wanted me to come and, and coach me. And I wanted him to coach me. And everything I've heard and everything he's done everywhere he's been, he's won. So, obviously, you want to play for a winner and be a winner. So, he's a pretty low energy guy. Is that your observation? No, uh, not quite. No, sir. Not quite. <laughs> All right. Tell me what you see with the team. I know you're, you're new here. How's it been a Adjusting, how's the team welcomed you, and what do you think about the uh, teammates that you now have? Yeah, everybody's been working hard. Uh, this is practice three for spring ball. Um, everybody, I'm still getting to know everybody, but um, really good guys on the team. Everybody's working really hard. 
I'm excited about uh, the rest of spring. Is it difficult when you transfer in? Is it difficult to embrace that new uh, culture, meet the new guys around you? No doubt. You, you know, once you first get in, you kind of got to feel it out. For me, it was it's a lot easier coming home, though, because um, I, you know, I kind of know the culture of the area around us, so it's a little easier. Well, we're glad you're here. Welcome and good luck to you. Yes, sir. Thank you. That's Holman Edwards, 6'3", 210-pound redshirt junior. Kelly, you and I both watched him play. You know, he played at East Central for a couple years, so got a Mississippi kid coming back. And that in and of itself is attractive. And when you look at the Southern Miss roster next year, as many Mississippi kids were on paper last year as being from this state, it's even going to be a higher percentage this year. But I, I hearken back to the time that Mississippi State hired Rocky Felker. You know, the former quarterback and everybody, oh, Rocky's a home guy. You know, we love Rocky. Well, they loved Rocky until Rocky's team didn't win, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, we welcome him back and we wish him the best. But college football is just a brutal business, man. But they know what they're getting into and uh, we wish him nothing but the best and, and, and hope. You know, the competition makes guys better. And he's going to be battling along with a couple of other guys, including this young man that we're about to hear from. So you can only, you can only think that that's going to make the overall quarterback position that yeah. needs to be settled for Southern Miss better. It does. Trey Lowe moves out. Uh, Ty Keys moves out. Zach Wilkie's here. But another guy will be competing for that job. Billy Wiles, 6'3", 220-pound redshirt sophomore. He's not from Mississippi. He's originally from Ashburn, Virginia. Transferred in uh, from Clemson. And uh, here's what uh, Bob had to uh, to say with Billy Wiles and, and his interview. Okay, Billy Wiles uh, on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. First of all, welcome to Southern Miss. Tell us about your journey that got you here. It's been a crazy one. I got recruited by Coach Hall at Tulane. was committed there my junior year. Um, Ended up going and playing at Clemson for two seasons. And then after that season, I decided I wanted to move on and uh, hit the portal. Coach Hall reached out, and uh, it was just meant to be, meant to come here. What is it about Will Hall you like? He's a people person. He's a people person, and he's a quarterback. Um, So he's easy to talk to. To. He knows what we're thinking. He knows what we're seeing. Um, and he's a really smart, really smart coach. All right, your first impressions of the culture here at Southern Miss, the community, and being a Golden Eagle. I think the culture is one of the best things about Southern Miss. Um, the people here are incredible. Everyone wants to say hi. Everyone wants to ask you how your day is going. Um, so just the culture, the people, uh, it's one of the best things about Southern Miss. All right, a lot of us that observe Southern Miss football believe that the team has just been finding the right quarterback away from being a conference champion caliber team so you come in what's it like to come in and compete for the job that's what football is all about right um a lot of great quarterbacks here so i'm just excited to be here and compete compete and uh see see how it goes all right your first impressions of your teammate and this team and what you guys uh, may be able to accomplish in the new year we can accomplish anything we want um everybody here's a workhorse everybody wants to work um so i think we can accomplish anything we want we can be conference champions this year so all right what, what are the skill sets you feel like you bring to the team uh, that, that can help the golden eagles i think i see the field really well um i can think i can process and i'll put the ball where the receivers can get it one to ten how happy ten being good how happy are you to be here 11 11 i'm loving it welcome good luck to you thank you very much i appreciate it it's billy wiles 6'3 220 pound uh, redshirt sophomore from ashburn virginia it's just northwest of washington uh, dc so uh you know northern virginia guy and uh, and kelly i mean th- he he was you know on the depth chart he did make an appearance i think against yukon but he walked on and if you go look at his recruiting profile 
offered. He mentioned there he was offered at Tulane, committed to Tulane. He also had a. I think it was. Uh, it was either. I think it was Harvard had an, an opportunity there, but he walked on it at uh, at Clemson and then earned a scholarship. So I mean, he earned an ACC quarterback scholarship. So you know the kid's got talent. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, we got a good old again. It seems, <laughs> but uh, you you've got. Two transfer guys batting it out with Zach Wilkie in, in spring training. Well, you know, the fact that he that he committed to Tulane and uh, also was being pursued by Harvard, that should tell you something about uh, – I was going to say the kid is really, really smart until Bob said on a scale of 1 to 10 and he said 11. <laughs> so maybe math is not, not his strong suit. But uh, obviously an articulate young man. And spring – like I said, I'm never really – I'm never really into spring football because there's just so much other, so many other things going on. But I'm particularly intrigued this spring because if Will Hall has heard it once, he's heard it a hundred thousand times. This quarterback situation's got to get squared away. So I think more than a lot of spring trainings, including the first one that he was here, I think this one is the most important yet because I agree with what Bob said in the interview. I think the Eagles are a good solid, consistent quarterback away, healthy, of course, uh, from contending for a conference championship considering you know what they've got coming back next year. So I will really be have both eyes peeled watching this quarterback competition, however it shakes out. Spring football continuing. Another announcement today from Southern Miss football. Southern Miss renewing the oldest football rivalry uh, beginning in 2027, a two-game home-and-home with Memphis the Black and Blue Bowl uh, shall return. And, Kelly, what that means is in, in 2027, Tulane will come to the Rock and we will go to the Liberty Bowl unless they build a new uh, new stadium, a couple of CUSA uh, old-school rivals there. And then in 2030, both Mississippi State and Memphis will uh, will come to the Rock in the month of September. So, yeah, somebody texted me today said, man, we just need East Carolina back on one of these menu, uh, you know, one of these uh, schedules, and, and we'll have the old old gang back together. But, you know, if you look at it, Luke, if you set all those schedules side to side, take the money games off the slate, okay? Forget the Florida State games, the, you know, the Ohio State, I think the Eagles are going to next year, some of these faraway places to get the check. But if you take those big money games off the table, do you see a regional footprint here that, yeah. I mean, you can drive to Memphis, you can drive to Tulane, you can drive to a lot of these schools, and, and obviously being in the Sun Belt now, you can do the same. I mean, the Sun Belt basketball tournament, you go in there Friday and Saturday and get to see the Lady Eagles and the men play basketball and be home to sleep in your own bed if you need to. Things are great right now. At yeah, I mean, Mid- even even the Florida State game is not that far away. Yeah, the, the furthest ones away are, are South Florida yeah. and Ohio State. We, when we don't go to South Florida, I think till twenty twenty eight. But even, I mean, you got Auburn in twenty twenty six. Not that far away, and the check will probably clear at that place. <laughs> Hope so. <laughs> Hope so. Hey, we'll step aside and uh, be back. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com joins the Saints. Still got a chance at a quarterback. Eagle Hour continues on a Wednesday. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Third segment on this Wednesday, brought to you by 4th Street. 
Fourth Street Bar and Grill, located on Fourth Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, home of the 995 lunch. They're going to have Sunbelt basketball on. Lady Eagles playing Friday. Men playing at 1130 on Saturday. Just a quick update. We'll talk more about it in the next segment. But on the ladies' side of the tournament, Marshall, the eighth seed, has defeated Coastal Carolina 60-53. to Okay, so that's good. Yeah, okay, good. That is final. Then I'm updating my bracket as we speak here. There we go. We'll talk. We'll break down the brackets on on the other side of the break. The other voice you hear, of course, Kelly Sander, Michael Mergens producing for us today. Bob's off. Actually, he's not off from here. He's actually... You know, doing things to uh, for the, the the stations to uh, to do what they need to do. Kelly, will we see any of that? Those sales that he's making today? Well, we have, according to him, we have exorbitant salaries anyway. So uh, I, I don't know that we'll get any more. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we we got we got gifts from uh, we got the gift of chocolate from Miss Kathleen. Yes, that was nice. through Bob. So, was... all right, Patrick McGee joins us from NOLA.com as he does every Wednesday. Lots to get to, Patrick. But uh, Saints still have a chance at a free agent quarterback. Tell us about it. Yeah, they, uh, the Saints met with uh, Derek Carr yesterday. Uh, I think it was the Jets and the Panthers were also supposed to meet uh, with Carr in Indianapolis in association with the NFL Combine. And uh, if you hear, you know, Mickey Loomis says the meeting went well. Uh, you know, they're only going to say so much on, on what went down on that. Uh it, just everything I feel is it's still kind of down to the, the – I mean, you can't, you know, uh, discount the Panthers and all this, but it sounds like the Jets and the Saints are still kind of leading this group. I also saw some chatter today that the Panthers were talking with uh, Sam Darnold about potentially bringing him back. And I think the Panthers maybe more so than the other two teams are looking for a young quarterback and drafting, a, a, a you know, an early guy. So – I think the Jets and the Saints are pretty well invested in here. Uh, Carr reportedly is asking for $35 million. Uh, You know, haven't heard much about any of the teams kind of balking at that number. So we'll see. But I, I think the Saints are very much in this. Uh, I, I saw some odds that probably put the, the Panthers as the second most likely team to land Carr. But I think it would be, to me, it's, it's the Jets and the Saints just side by side. And uh, just everything I've heard on the ground and everything, you know, everybody's hearing here in New Orleans is that car may, you know, that the Saints are probably the slight favorite to get. And I'll t- and I'll tell you why. To me, the Saints make a lot more sense than the Jets because if the goal is to get your team, whatever team it is, to the Super Bowl, there's a much better chance on the NFC side because there right. just aren't the stud quarterbacks in the NFC. They're all in the AFC. So why not go to the NFC? Yeah, in NFC South especially. Right. I mean, you've got a, you've got a, a very good chance of winning the division as the kind of the quarterback in the in the NFC South. So yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of signs kind of pointing towards the Saints, and I think a lot of experts who kind of break this down and say that that New Orleans makes the most sense for Carr. Um, you know, it, it, now you know Carr is going to have a million reasons, and and you know I I don't know I I just think it makes a lot of sense sense with the Saints. And uh, I know the Jets are on an upward trend a little bit compared to where they were, but, you know, the Saints are close uh, to being a, a, a playoff team. On the running back side, Patrick, it looks like, you know, depending on what happens with Alvin Kamara's personal situation and his run-in with the law, it looks like another NFC South running back of note may be available shortly, and I'll follow up with another running back that might be available, but let's talk about that one first. Yeah, uh, Leonard Fournette, a New Orleans native, plays at LSU. Uh, the, the Buccaneers reportedly uh, plan to cut him, I think it's March 15th, 
uh, once the new calendar year starts for the NFL. And that would certainly make some sense as a, you know, a veteran guy. Uh, you know, he's not somebody that you're going to hit your wagon to for 17 games. Uh, but if they need him for, say, eight game stretch or whatever, that's not a bad guy to have. And he can help you out in the long run as another option as a third down back or, you know, or just, you know, a guy that can, a potential playmaker. He's, there's no doubt Leonard Fournette is a talented running back and he can help you out. Uh, you know, I, I'm not in the camp that's, that thinks it's a great idea to spend a lot of money on a, a running back who's 28, 30, 32 years old. Uh, but Fournette could make some sense as, as a kind of a, 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 a somebody that can just fill in if Kamara is out for a significant period of time. And and who, who knows what that looks like going into next year. Kamara is obviously in a, in a difficult situation having been indicted. And uh, a lot of uh, uh, security footage of what exactly happened there doesn't look good for his defense. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. I really don't have any great answer on that. And and the, the other one before I turn you back over to Luke is I'm getting word out of Cincinnati that the Bengals, and I, I find this hard to believe, but and I'll give you the reasoning in a moment, that the Bengals may be cutting Joe Mixon. Um, they're outstanding running back. under Because when you look at the, the playoffs this year, Samaje Pirine took a lot more snaps for the Bengals than Mixon did. And they the Bengals seem to believe that, that P. Ryan is a much better pass blocker than Mixon is. And considering they're going to have to spend a lot of money and invest a lot in Joe Burrow and some of that receiving core, mm-hmm. they, they may be cutting uh, Mixon. Could, could Mixon potentially be a fit for New Orleans? I, I don't think so. Just from the, I, I think he would probably require a pretty good chunk of change uh, to bring in Mixon. So I don't, I don't think the Saints will probably step up and, and do that. But it makes sense from the Bengals' standpoint that if they're going to put money somewhere, it's going to be a quarterback and it's going to be a receiver. It's not going, in the long run, they're just not going to have that that elite guy at running backs. They're going to be young guys that can kind of help them uh, keep moving. Uh, but they got to spend all that money on that quarterback and those receivers. Real quick before we uh, move on to the Southern Miss, when, when's this car deal going to get resolved either way, you think? Uh, I, it, that's hard to say. Uh, reports out in the last week or so is that that car is willing to be patient and let this kind of play out. So, this, it, you know, I don't think we'll have anything this week, but I would think probably by next week we want, we might have a better idea. We 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 opened up this uh, the show today talking about the uh, the Southern Miss Mississippi State game last night. Eagle score nine and you know just have uh, give up a five spot and give up a four spot and lose ten to nine. And I mean this is you know this has been a trend the last four games. Pitching staff uh, young, you know guys mm-hmm. transferring from the outside, big moments and just uncharacteristic out of a Christian Ostrander. Uh, staff walking and hitting people, and and it, you know it, it's just kind of it, it's kind of baffling. It makes sense because of the youth. At the same time, you know what, what's a, what's a reasonable expectation out of this crew, Patrick? No, I mean it, I, it was it's, it's easy to kind of get excited. Oh, Christian Nostrander is just going to wave a magic wand, and and of course through the first four games, like oh we're going to shut everybody everybody all season. But it, I mean it came back to reality in the last week or so uh, that this is a young staff, a bunch of guys. Uh, playing at a high level uh, for the first time. And it's, there's going to be growing pains, and, and it's easy to see how that's happening right now. But they're going to get it figured out. Uh, maybe some of these guys are going to eliminate themselves from some serious time, you know, going ahead. But they're just, you know, it's not going to have to be a deep of bullpen as they did last year. It was pretty impressive, the guys that they were able to put out there every night, you know. Yeah. And on top of having a great rotation, I mean, that was an incredible pitching staff that Southern Miss had last year. And it, it's just, you lose that, what, five, six guys off that staff. 
really big time contributors. It was going to be tough to to replicate anything like that. And and Rosecrans will figure it out, and he'll figure out a good mix on who's going to be able to help out the bullpen. And, and the starting rotation will, will, I think, you know, steadily improve the more time they're out there. You know, obviously Hall's going to be the bell cow, but uh, you're going to see uh, Adams and, and Mazza. Those guys are going to get better with time. I, I, I think we'll see that happen. Yeah, I mean, Oldham didn't pitch last night. Don't know if he's a little dinged right. up or something, but that could, you know, he could, he could maybe throw, sure. you know, throw, throw this weekend. They, they will get it figured out if anything. Southern Miss scoring more runs, it, it seems, you know, earlier in the season. Um, I, I do want to get your comment. Pretty historic what Southern Miss basketball has done this year, men and mm-hmm. women, but, but men especially. So, Jay, Jay Ladner, um, Sunbelt coach of the year, two more wins. I think it, it becomes the greatest NCAA turnaround in history. Uh, what does he have to do though to be in? Because he's not getting talk. I mean, what type? What do they have to do in the tournament? You know, win it, get to the dance for him to seriously be considered for coach of the year. <laughs> well, it, it's it's really difficult in this. Uh, you know, in college basketball these days, the national stuff usually goes to the you know the big conferences. And I, I mean, it, for him, to, it would have to be one of those awards that are kind of awarded. You know, after the tournament's over, it is to win the the conference tournament and get in the NCAA tournament, maybe win two or three games. I think that's what it would take uh, for Jay Ladner to be coach of the year. But uh, for the program as a whole, I mean, there aren't that many le- really legit banners that are, that are hanging from the rafters at Reed Green, and this is absolutely a legitimate uh, uh, banner to have up there at Sunbelt Conference Championship. So just to achieve that is a huge step forward and a major moment. Uh, for the program, I mean, I, it, you know, if you look at where you know where the conference stands going to the conference tournament, four out of the top six seeds going to the tournament are, are the new teams and uh, the new programs who've just been joined in the year. And the, the Sun Belt as a whole is a deeper league now that they've brought those four teams. It was a weak basketball conference before, but you know, looking at the league right now, it is it is a solid league, a competitive league through the you know those top six or seven teams: Old Dominion, South Alabama. Uh, kind of out of that, you know, those are, those are good teams. You've got a group of seven or eight teams that could potentially win the conference tournament. That's something the that Sunbelt really hasn't had in a while. Good stuff. Well, we appreciate it. Um, hopefully, when uh, we talk to you next Wednesday, Eagles will have uh, taken care of business. We'll be dancing. Appreciate your time, Patrick. All right. Thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, NOLA.com. Hey, we're going to break down uh, what's happened in the Sunbelt Tournament on men and women's side, tell you what's up next, who the Lady Eagles are looking to play, who the men uh, might play. March All Madness, that. yeah, coming up. Yeah, it's, it is March. March yeah. first. Eagle Hour continues on a Wednesday. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment of the Eagle Hour on this Wednesday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBATHattiesburg.com. Great facilities, great pro shop, instructions, batting cages. It's all there at DBAT and D1. Southern Miss softball on the road tonight, taking their 12-1 and record into Tuscaloosa, Alabama, to take on the number 9 Lady Crimson Tide. First pitch set for 6. I thought it might be 
on ESPN Plus, but don't quote me on that. I couldn't watch the game last night uh, because Dish Network got fried by a cyber attack and our uh, our subscription stuff didn't work. Anyway, Lady Eagles uh, taking on Alabama um, tonight at 6 p.m. over in Tuscaloosa. Lady Eagle Golf finished second down in Covington, Louisiana. So congratulations to Lucy Nunn Burke and her ladies as uh, they finished second overall. I still can't say this, Kelly. It's T C H E. F-U-N-C-T-A. Don't even try. <laughs> I think that invitation. I think that's what it spells. Yeah, that's, yeah. Don't even try. You don't even try invitational. It was in. It was in. It was a Covington, Louisiana invitational. And Lady Eagles, second place. Congratulations to that. All right, let's get to basketball. Uh, we we told you last segment that uh, first game of today, Marshall knocked off Coastal Carolina. Kelly, yesterday uh, there were uh, two games that were played as well. The men's tournament actually cranked up uh, yesterday, and they were the lower seeds. So let's update you there if you've got your bracket that you can download and print on the Sunbelt Conference uh, website. 13th-seeded Arkansas State defeated Coastal Carolina, who is the 12-seed, 86-69. to So the 13-seed beats the 12-seed. Arkansas State over Coastal, 86-69. So you can advance Arky State in the bracket, and that has significance, and Luke will tell you about that in just a second. Then the second uh, men's game yesterday, Texas State defeated Georgia State. That's an 11-seed beating a 14-seed. Texas State, 81 Georgia State 76. So they will move on in the men's bracket as well. On the women's side, the schedule for today, getting ready to tip off here momentarily, will be the fifth seed Old Dominion Lady Monarchs. They will go up against uh, Georgia State. They're a 12 seed. Then at 5 o'clock, and this is the winner of this game, Luke, will play the Lady Eagles tomorrow, yes? Georgia Southern and Arkansas State. Arkansas State. Uh, a winner yesterday over Louisiana Monroe. So Georgia Southern, the 11 seed, plays the 11 seed Arkansas State today at 5. The winner of that will play the Lady Eagles tomorrow at 5. And then the last game on the, the women's side today, 7 o'clock, it'll be Louisiana, the 7th seed, against Crap State, the 10th seed. That's tonight at 7. <laughs> yeah, all those games are today, and they're all on ESPN+. Plus. So you got a 2 o'clock Ladies game, 5 o'clock and 7.30. Uh, we'll talk, of course, about this uh, tomorrow because before we come on air, though, this game will have already started. So the game you want to watch tomorrow on the men's side at 11.30, South Alabama against Appalachian State. The winner of that game will take on the Golden Eagles Saturday in the quarterfinals at 11.30. Also on the men's side, Troy and Arkansas State, Old Dominion, Texas State, Georgia Southern, ULM, all those games are uh, tomorrow And on the program tomorrow, we're going to be talking with two Southern Miss basketball rock stars, Dom Davis and the newcomer of the year, AC, Austin Crowley, will be joining us about their awards and about their team's prospects of winning the Sunbelt Conference Tournament and getting the coveted NCAA Tournament. We talked about the first time in school history that both Southern Miss men and women won at least a share of the conference championship in the same year. So suffice it to say, it, it's never happened that both teams have made the NCAA Tournament the same year. So uh, wouldn't that be something? Uh, cross your fingers, cross your toes. Yeah. Absolutely. Financially, if nothing else. And just looking at, at the men's bracket, Southern Miss – and James Madison are on the same side of the bracket. Marshall and Louisiana are on the other side of the bracket. Troy on Southern Miss's side of the bracket. Uh, Old Dominion, who beat Marshall 
um, and Southern Miss is on Marshall's side of the bracket away. And then uh, on, on the ladies' side, Troy and James Madison on the opposite side from the Lady Eagles, Texas State on the same side as the Lady Eagles. Well, I'll tell you, this is my opinion, and I, and I know that the basketball team, will, the, the men's team will differ from this. The guys really want to play South Al. Uh, because of the way that the Jaguars mopped them up down in Mobile, and they'd like to redeem themselves a little bit by knocking the Jags out of the tournament. Uh, but look, I mean, let's just say it like it is. Other than one little hiccup here the last week or so, South Al's been playing among the best basketball in the league. So um, I know the players want Adam, and 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 I appreciate that competitive spirit, but I don't want to play South Al. <laughs> I hate to say that, but uh, I want. To- you know? well, I mean, didn't Coach didn't Coach Ladner basically say that yesterday? He said the competitive side yeah. of him, you know, wanted another shot at him, and yeah. I get that. Yeah, but I mean, I, I will be pulling in the morning for Appalachian State, and that really go that kind of goes without saying too, because we just don't cheer for South Al. I, and in fact, I think I think Tater up in Jackson, Tater Reeves is going to sign a bill for that, saying that it's illegal to cheer. To cheer. For South Al. Or if he's not, they should. Anyway, should make it I didn't I didn't hear that one, but yeah. yeah there you go. From from Sanders Lips. Believe it, I guess. All right, that's gonna wrap it up for the Eagle Hour. Today, Bob will be back uh, tomorrow. Appreciate you joining us. If you just tuning in or missed uh, earlier in the, the show, you can always catch us in podcast form, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, tune in and Audible. We'll catch you tomorrow. And as always, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. Talk Mississippi Media Production.